Welcome to the Josh and Jaren Show, people. Over the next couple episodes, according to Jaren, eight episodes, we're going to start talking about each division, and uh, we're just going to talk shit, I guess. That's because there's eight divisions. Eight episodes, eight divisions. It only makes sense. Half hour for each division, then. Yeah, of course. Okay. I think we got to give them their fair share. We might dabble into who your best fantasy bet is from each team, too. Absolutely. If we can, if we have time. So... We're going to be starting with the NFC West. And do you know what teams are in the Boring. NFC West? Boring. <laughs> Boring. I think it's the... Like, let me guess here. Let's see if you got this. This is your casual fan hood right here. And I just reviewed them, so this is pretty terrible if I don't get it. The 49ers. One. Seahawks. Two. Cardinals. Three. Bears. <laughs> <laughs> No, the Rams, bro. The Rams. You were talking about them at the bar. <laughs> My God. All right, we got the Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals, and 49ers, which is the exact order that they finished in in 2017. NFC West, the results from last season. The Rams finished 11-5. and They won the division. Seahawks finished 9-7. and Cardinals finished 8-8. What is this noise this dog's making? Chloe, what are you doing? Cardinals finished 8-8, eight and eight, and the 49ers came in last at 6-10. and 10. But it is important to point out that the 49ers... Uh, they were one and ten before Jimmy G came to town, and then they went six and ten, because he went five in a row. I mean, was he undefeated? I think he was. Never lost. Never lost, as you would say, as Levar Ball would say. So the Rams are the defending champions of the NFC West. The Seahawks have been a perennial Super Bowl contender, which seems like for the last five, six years. Where are the Rams? Ever at? since Pete Carroll, there the Rams won. They were eleven. Yeah, but where are they at? L.A. L.A. So to make this a real sports podcast, you know what we need to say. Los Angeles got LeBron, LeBron James. James. You know what I'm talking Anyways, about. Anyways, on to football. Well, let's start with the Cardinals. We're going to be talking about the Cardinals first in the NFC West. Like Josh said, we're going to be previewing the 2018 NFL season for every single team. We're going to be going division by division, team by team. We're going to give you a little insight into what these teams are going to be bringing to the table in 2018. And we're also going to throw in a little bit of fantasy action for you because we don't just love real life. We also live in a fantasy world too, don't we? This is a great transition into the Cardinals because my name is Josh and they just got a terrific player named Josh. Josh Rosen. Yes, they did. Um, Your favorite quarterback in the draft. A lot of people who I talk to regularly about football already know that he's my favorite quarterback to come out of this year's draft. And I feel like if he can avoid concussions, he's going to have the best career of any of the quarterbacks. Well, they protect in quarterbacks in the NFL, so they'll be fine. Fair enough. But that's not true. Well, they don't protect Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger, people who can actually move. The Cardinals' offensive line doesn't really protect quarterbacks well. Granted, they haven't really protected anybody important lately, except for the guy who's the most important player on the Arizona Cardinals this year. And I think you all know who I'm talking about. The consensus number one fantasy pick last season, David Johnson, is back, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's right. He might not have been the consensus number one pick, but all right. You're talking David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott without a suspension. There's your top three running backs from last season. And you might throw a couple other guys in that mix like your boy Saquon this year. But David Johnson... Last year, he had a dislocated wrist in the first game. So, you know, a positive from that. 
I don't know how that affects your legs, Jaron. Exactly. A positive from that is not a lower extremity injury. Exactly. He, he can still run just fine. And that dude had 2,118 total yards and 20 touchdowns the year before he got hurt, which is why he was in consideration for the number one overall fantasy pick. He also had a kick return touchdown, which, you know, whatever. Shouldn't have been returning kicks as they're starting running back, but that dude can ball, and he's back. David so, Johnson. But we're not talking about the Cardinals. We're talking about the NFC West. How do they stack up against the other teams? Well, there are... Th- Let's go to the 49ers, okay? The 49ers... Jimmy G just got paid. He's the highest-paid quarterback in the league right now. He signed a five-year, $137.5 million dollar deal. Is that real life he's actually the highest paid? Yeah. Can Jimmy G, like, just please float us some of that cash, maybe? That is very, very strange. Well, How you go from backup to Tom Brady to highest paid player, highest paid quarterback in the NFL. There's a lot of other quarterbacks that deserve better deals, probably. Jimmy G's only played, what, seven games? He's 7-0 and in the league. Yes. Two with the Patriots. I mean, he's five lost, last year with the Niners. So. They're paying him based on potential, really. Which is fair. But you know who else they paid on potential? Joe Flacco. I mean, what's important to know, though, he might be the highest paid quarterback in the league and really the highest paid player in the NFL, but it's kind of like an average contract in the NBA. You know, the way those NBA players have been getting paid lately. That's true. So it's not really a big deal. And the MLB, probably below average, those dudes get money. I realize they play like 162 games, but like... Jimmy G's just an average MLB player, really. That's a good point. Um, so last year, like we were talking about, Niners were 1-10. They bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. They go 5-0 and to finish the year. Obviously, the only thing that changed with their team was inserting Jimmy into their lineup. So was he really worth those five wins? Is he really worth being paid the highest amount of money of anybody in football? I don't know. I don't know if you have enough I don't know if you have enough to paint the picture to say this is the best quarterback in the NFL. I don't know if you have enough to say that's the best paid best you know, best option to pay this man. I mean, with the little snapshot you have, I don't I don't know about that. But I mean, if you think that this is the quarterback of your future you're going all in, and that that could drive a guy. It could drive a guy. I could tell him, "Hey, we're invested in you, and you keep playing." I mean, he's a. You know, I don't even want to use the word because I've said it a thousand times, but he's a competitor. I mean, he honestly is one of those dudes. I mean, it's like we talk about all the time. It's one of those things that you can't measure. You can't measure that. Well, you can measure success, and the dude hasn't lost. So, I mean, come on. Got to give the dude a chance, especially with the team that he has. He doesn't really have much going for him, so he's making shit happen. The Niners were a team that perennially were picking in the top ten since Jim Harbaugh left town, but I kind of like the direction that they're heading right now. Hired Kyle Shanahan, hot young coach last year. Last year was his first year with the team, but the year before that he was offensive coordinator on the Falcons, so they were kind of in the Super Bowl. <clears throat> 28-3. LMAO, but 
This offseason, they've added Richard Sherman, obviously one of the best cornerbacks in the league, even though he's kind of aging. Jarek McKinnon, your boy. He was on your fantasy team last year from the Vikings. He's real Um, good. He made some noise with the Vikings, but they paid him. So I expect Jarek McKinnon to get a lot of touches this year. They added Weston Richburg from the Giants, one of the best centers in the league, and they drafted Mike McGlinchey, arguably the best left tackle in the draft. So... They made out pretty well there. They try and fix the offensive line a little bit. They added a running back who's very versatile. He can be used on third downs. I'm interested to see what Jarek McKinnon does. I'm there. interested to see what Dante Pettis does. Ooh, the rook. Mm-hmm. Let's see how good this guy really is playing in that league that he plays in. A little Division Three league, basically. Washington, you suck. <laughs> Washington got slapped up by Penn State, that's for sure. Yeah, everyone thought they were going to lose. Now... With the 49ers, who are we looking at for guys that we might want on our fantasy team? Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously. I mean, their defense isn't bad. You could probably get Jimmy Garoppolo in what, like the middle rounds? And he probably has Fifth, a pretty high sixth, floor. Seventh? Maybe uh, even higher? I don't know where he's going right now specifically, but that's obviously going to change, especially if he has a good looking preseason. I think he's going to be pretty consistent with a high floor. So if you want a guy who's going to get you 12, 15, 16 points every game, he's not going to really give you many like bust games, so to speak, under five. Who else is playing with uh, McKinnon? Because that might be a decent pick. Jarek McKinnon, um, he kind of exploded on the scene last year, right? With I mean, Minnesota? he would no. I mean, he played he played real well two years ago. But fantasy wise. He hasn't really put up a shit ton of points. No, but he make was a say big. He matters. But he was a big play when he was playing with Latavius Murray, right? He was a big sell. That's last year. Latavius no, but I mean, was on the. Wasn't uh, it two years ago though that he? The Raiders had Latavius two years ago. When was when was Latavius to, on Minnesota? Just last season. Just you, last season. You oh. kept trying to dangle Latavius in front of me for a trade in fantasy two years ago. I did, I and you I wanted him. Forget that. I did want him. Yeah. But like an idiot. The other guy... Who'd you trade me two years ago? Oh, three years ago I traded you Antonio Brown for... Uh, who did I, I gave you like some shitty running back for Antonio Brown. I wish I could take that back. But no, I gave you... I gave you a running back for Antonio Brown. Yep. Um, it was no Sean Marino for Antonio <laughs> Brown. That's what I did when no Sean was on the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. He had a great week one and I was like... Crap, I need a running back, and you gave me I wanted no Sean Marino for Antonio Brown. Seemed like a good trade for you at the time. I wish I could go back and We digress anyways. That was three years ago. Let's worry about right now. So, next up. They'll never beat me in fantasy. Probably not, no. Next up, let's talk about the Rams a little bit. The, the additions. best defense in the NFL, probably. The additions on the Rams. This Rams team... Not only won the NFC West last year, but look at their additions. Brandon Cooks, Ndamukong Su, one of the best D-tackles in the league. Marcus Peters, arguably the best cornerback in the league. He's well ahead of everybody else in interceptions. Aqib Tlaib. That's added to a team that already won the division. Like, they won this division last season and went out and added those Pro Bowl players to an already stacked roster. They went off as a tackle first. In the third round, though, they only had... They didn't have a round one or two pick. But in the third round, they took off as a tackle. Fourth round, they took a center. 
So obviously they're trying to build that offensive line. I don't know. I don't know what their offense is going to do. I mean, their defense is pretty much stacked. I mean, I mean, is it them and the Broncos for the best defenses in the NFL? I would give it to the Rams on paper. I mean, we saw what happened with the Eagles' dream team a couple years back. The Giants last year spent like $200 million on their defense, and they were picking second overall. Speaking of the Eagles, so, I guess they're top three defense, too. You can't really. Yeah. They played well last year, so. But Aaron Donald, dude. Aaron Donald. <laughs> he might be the best defensive player in the NFL. That's what a lot of people are saying. So, that dude, do we have some numbers on him? I mean, I could look up numbers. But he's a defensive tackle, and he has 39 sacks in the last four years. What? He's not lining up at like a 3-4 end who's rushing the passer pretty much every play. Uh, he's not running a regular old defensive end. Like, what the... How the hell do you get 39 sacks as a defensive tackle? I mean, he had 11 years? sacks last year. What the... Oh, that is He's literally hit ridiculous. 11, 8, 11, 9. He's had 39 sacks in his four-year career. So, last season, that was the best for defensive tackles. He's almost averaging 10 sacks a season. Very close. He was sixth overall in the league in sacks. And he doesn't even play defensive end or outside backer in a 3-4. What? That means he's literally just out there beating dudes at the point of attack. And you know what? He's double teamed all the time. What will be interesting this season to see is they added Ndamukong Su, who's obviously, you know, Su, Su, whatever you want to call him. He's one of the better defensive tackles in the league. So how are you going to be able to double team these guys when they're both on the field standing next to each other? You're not going to be able to. 2015 was probably his best year. He had 11 sacks, 43 tackles, and 26 assists. As a defensive tackle. Think about that for a tackles. second. That's Think at the front that. line. It's a That's point of attack. Unbelievable. Like, good luck running the ball on the inside against the Rams this year, kids. He's got a small portion of, like, what he has done, too. He's only had four years. I mean, defensive tackles last a long time in the league, correct? A lot longer than running backs. They have to get a deal, though, right? Yes, and Pro Football Focus also ranked them the fourth best pass rush in the league this year. What? They have Marcus Peters and Akeem Tlaib on the back end, and they have the fourth best pass rush in the league. The Rams are a team to watch. And who do we want on our uh, fantasy team this year from the Rams, Josh? The Rams defense. 100%. Take the Rams defense. If you're going to take any defense... In the fourth round or fifth round, just like an idiot, just take the Rams defense. Don't even, don't even blink. On paper, it could be much like the Jaguars defense was last year, where they were just pretty dominant. I mean, they were consistently putting up. Are they playing 15 in the to dome? twenty? The Rams no. Yeah, are they playing out in the Coliseum again? Yeah, not yet. They're not going to their new stadium. Are they yet, building a dome? They're not building a dome either. I think it's Open. an outdoor stadium. Okay. To my knowledge. But obviously you want Todd Gurley. He's one of the top three backs in the league. That yeah. dude produced last year. Yeah. You talk about Todd Gurley, you're talking about Le'Veon Bell, you're talking about Ezekiel Elliott, and you're talking about Todd Gurley. That's that first breath of running backs. There are others who may enter. The like quarterbacks, Goff, right? Yep. So Goff, 
I mean, he would. He might be a, a flyer way at the end as a backup. You never know. I don't trust it. I know they added Brandon Cooks. They just paid that man today. I think it was a five-year deal. Do you know how much it was for? Five years, something ridiculous. I could look it up. That was, Keep talking. <laughs> that was essentially their first-round draft pick there, Brandon Cooks, because they traded the first to New England so they could get him. So there you go. First-round pack. First round draft pick for the Rams this year, Brandon Cooks. Five years, $81 million extension. Are you telling me they offered him $11 million more than your Steelers offered Le'Veon Bell? Yes. What? Mm-hmm. I think Brandon Cooks should have just went through the XFL so he could do the cool archery thing when he celebrated. He's not letting him do that anymore. But Brandon Cooks is another guy, maybe good for fantasy. We'll see how he pans out. I mean, the Rams wide receivers last year, they weren't exactly fantasy studs, but you could definitely use Robert Woods or Sammy Watkins in a flex spot in some of those weeks. But you're not going to get much consistency out of them because their offense kind of runs through Todd Gurley. But That's I mean, fair. Goff doesn't suck. I think the Rams on Who's paper. Who's tight end? They drafted some dude last year. You know how bad it is when you don't even <laughs> know who their tight end is? Some uh, Rams fan is screaming in the microphone at us, even if they were to listen. The Rams on paper should probably compete for the NFC this year. But we've seen it time and time again when teams in the offseason add a bunch of big studs and they just don't pan out. So maybe with the culture that they have there, Sean McVay, great coach. I believe he won coach of the year last year. And he's still so young. So young. So he's got a good mindset. How old is he? And like he's in his, his 30s. 30s. Yeah. That's crazy. Dude's not even hit 40 yet, and he's coaching he's kind of like, like Mike Tomlin, but better. But the Rams, maybe they repeat this division. You know who's they not, could. They you know probably going to win this division? Who? The Seahawks. Seahawks are bad. Oh. Last year they went 9 and 7, second in the division. And that's cute. But you know what? This team might as well call them the fighting Russell Wilsons. Russell Wilson has kind of fallen off as well. I, I mean, he can't he can't do he I mean, because he can't do it all on his own. That's the issue with Seattle is they have Russell Wilson and Crickets. Jimmy Graham coming back? Jimmy Graham's on the Packers. Mm. Not only did you lose Jimmy Graham, you let Michael Bennett go mm. to Philadelphia. Yeah, that's Cam that's Chancellor retired. You're not even out here signing Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas posted on Instagram, I believe it was yesterday, maybe the day before. He said, "Sign me or trade me." He obviously wants to be in Dallas. That's something that he's been talking about a lot. What season. happened to Pete Carroll and love and people loving playing for him? Well, one of the problems I think with Seattle. They've had this model where they consistently lead the league in undrafted players. Well, it's coming back to bite them in the ass a little bit because they're starting to lack a little talent on their team. Sure. They haven't been able to run the ball in several years. But the Pats can do that fine. But they're not up on par with the Seahawks, though. The Pats are still adding first-round talent. In fact, the Patriots are like trading for dudes who were first-round picks on other teams that didn't pan out. That's a good point. But the Seahawks, they're just like, yeah, we'll just draft a bunch of undrafted players. Sorry, not draft. 
we'll just sign a bunch of undrafted players who we think try really hard. <laughs> and that's been working out for them because they were combining it also with quality talent early in the draft. Sure. But like lately, they've been taking a bunch of guys in the draft where they should have gone a lot later in the draft. And I don't know what the hell they're doing in Seattle. Is that a GM thing, typically? Or is that a head coach thing? Or is it combined? Well, up there, they're working together. And that's something that they've been putting out there since Pete Carroll's been there. John Schneider and Pete Carroll, they're like BFFs. They've been making a lot of the decisions together up there. And lately in the draft, I don't know what the hell they've been doing. They've been drafting dudes way ahead of where they're projected to go. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, we've talked about this before on on the podcast, is that you can get a good player in the sixth round. So if you know what you're doing... Like John Gruden and the Raiders, you're talking about guys that should have went later that he's picking. And, you know, like I've said before, these guys are getting paid a lot more money to make decisions for their football team. And there's a lot more, you know, shit on the line than us talking about it. It's I mean, worked out for and them. We're, we're told, though, in the grand scheme of things, we're told what we think, what we should think is a good player to draft in the, in the NFL draft. Grand scheme of things. We're not going to every single game like they are. They don't. We don't have film. We're not watching film from every single game that these guys are. These guys are fully engulfed in the sport and these players. So, honestly, you can't really say until the product gets put on the field. I mean, we can sit here and, and you know, be just like ESPN and these reporters who are like, I don't understand what they're doing. This guy can projected something, sure. blah, 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 blah. But when it comes down to you know, ask the grass on the field, are these players going to produce or not going to produce? And we'll see. They could be the most intelligent people in the world. They could be the most idiotic people in the world. We don't know. And frankly, nobody really knows that until they get into training camp, they get into the regular season, they put the pads on, and they compete with the other guys. Nobody, nobody, nobody thought the Philadelphia Eagles would be in the Super Bowl last year. Nobody thought they would win the Super Bowl last year, except, except for the Eagles fans. Handful of idiot Eagles fans, yeah. So, with the NFL and the talent that you bring into the NFL, you know, if you're drafted in any round of the NFL draft, each team's getting a great talent. So, athletic-wise, so, I mean, anything can happen. That's why they say any given Sunday, because it doesn't matter. It's one game. Each week, the Browns could beat anybody any given week. So, what's the difference in drafting a guy who should have went two rounds ahead, according to or two rounds back, according to some analysts? Well, the difference is these analysts—they're getting their information from people who actually work for these teams, which is why when you're watching a draft, people don't go two rounds outside of what these analysts are saying. They go within a few picks of what these analysts are saying. Typically, when they're saying this guy's going top 10, the guy goes top 10. And if he slips down to like 15, 16, 17, you're like, wow, he slid. You know what's going on typically when you're listening to those guys. And Seattle, lately they've been picking people where you're like, the fuck? They should have went in the second or third round, and they're taking them at the end of the first round. That's true. And you're like, what is going on If you're a fan, you typically can sit there and you can say, every once in a while on a player, you could say, what happened there? Like, with me being a Steelers fan, I'm like, their first round pick? I was like, what the fuck is that? 
If it pans out, fine. Like when they drafted Ziggy Hood, I was like, what the fuck is that? Did it pan out? No, it didn't at all. This Edmonds guy? I don't fucking know what they saw in him, but whatever. I think Marcus Allen's a better safety than him. I'll say it. And guess what? I mean, it like like we're saying, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Well, like I'm saying, it, it doesn't really matter. But if you're consistently as a fan or as and just someone who loves the sport, if you're sitting there and asking the question, what the hell are you doing? There might be an issue. I mean, it's not to say, and, and I'm saying that, yeah, these people know a lot more than us about football, but I'm not going to take away from the fans, the casual fans, or the people who really love football and know what they're talking about, because I know a lot of people who know exactly what they're talking about. I mean, you you might have watched more film on football players and teams than some of these NFL executives have. I would hope not. I would say so, though. It's their job. I mean, you watched film and cut film until 3 a.m. most nights. So I would hope to I would hope to say that you know a little bit more about some of these individuals. You put in the time. You think a lot of people are putting in that kind of time? Probably. That have made it to that so. point. But don't you think there's some people who have connections that get put in those positions and watch a few films for a few hours versus what you actually have done? Well, I would never sit here and say that I put in more time than someone who's in the NFL because I have no idea what kind of time. I'll I'm say in. it for you. I guarantee that there is someone there making decisions that you've watched more football, not even good football film. You've watched more football film, hours wise, and cut more film, and were part of cutting film and actually working with systems that cut film than some of the people who are making decisions in the NFL because they have people like you who do that. So. You're not actually, some of those people who are making decisions aren't actually sitting there cutting the film. They're watching the film. I get what you're trying to say. I mean, there's people who have the scouts that just come up and say, hey, I like this guy. And yes. they haven't actually watched him, but they're like, oh, okay. And then they watch a five-minute highlight, and they're like, all right, that's what that guy is. And I bet you that's that a lot sense. more than, I bet you that is a lot more of people making decisions is 10-minute highlight films than actually cutting every play and... Why do you think highlight films are made? Why do you think high school recruits have all these people that they pay to have highlight films made so that they get better offers from schools? Well, they want people to see the best of what they're capable of doing. And you don't you think do those once, colleges? Do you, you don't think know? those colleges have people making highlight films for their players? How many times do we have to watch Clowney tackle that Michigan player? I mean, <laughs> Clowney hasn't done anything like that in the pros, so I see what you're saying, but. Most of the people, you would assume, have a pretty good background and are able to assess things like that. You would assume. But you, you look assume. at some of the decisions these people are making, and you're like, what? They're not safe decisions. What is going on? They're not safe. It's like you're doing a fantasy draft in your NFL, in your NFL fantasy league. Like you're taking a, a leap on somebody for the upside, which is not dumb either. I mean, if a player has a high ceiling, why not do it? Like Lamar Jackson. Very high pick. ceiling. Very high ceiling. Very low floor. Right. Baker Mayfield went number one overall. What? That's insane. But it, he could also have a high ceiling. He's the most accurate quarterback in college football history. Has a Heisman player ever produced in the NFL? Has a Heisman winner ever produced in the NFL? Well, yeah. Often? Not as often as you would hope. But right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyways, NFC West. Right? <laughs> My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. NFC West. How do you feel that the NFC West is going this year? 
I am excited to watch Josh Rosen play. And I was telling you at this at the bar before we started recording this podcast. I think that you start Josh Rosen. 100%. I am a firm believer in starting rookie quarterbacks that you draft in the first round because you are drafting your future. Unless you're a team like the New England Patriots, Pittsburgh Steelers, Packers, you know, Lions, where you have your play, your, your quarterback right now and you're trying to build for the future. I get that. I understand that 100%. If you had Josh Rosen sitting at number 17 overall and you could take him and have him groomed behind a quarterback, that's an amazing thing to have. But if you're taking a quarterback top five, top ten, I think he's thinking about starting him. I mean, there's got to be at least a 95% chance you're going to start that player. Even when you're an idiot and you blow $20 million on Sam Bradford? Yes. I'm with it. Because Josh Rosen... Trade Sam Bradford. Josh Rosen's been running a pro-style offense since the womb, basically. The... I mean, Sam Bradford still has some value. You could trade him for a pick. You could trade him for, I mean, whatever, whatever you choose. Trade, trade him for some. Trade him for a receiver. Trade him for something, something of value that you can trade. Then trade. You trade for a pick, and then you trade that pick for a player that doesn't want to be on another team anymore. I mean, middle of the season, there's going to be some player who's not happy. I mean, or if, you sign Des Bryant. If you were dumb enough to sign Sam Bradford to 20 mil, there's another team that would be willing to give you something for him, probably. Absolutely. Right? You think you're the only team that wanted to pay Sam Bradford 20 million to be an average quarterback? Or you let Sam Bradford fail and bring in Josh Rosen. That gives you, like, the justification to bring in Josh Rosen. Right. But, I mean, two things we haven't touched on. Fantasy players that you want on your team from the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Seahawks, Russell Wilson. Obviously. Russell Wilson was the number one fantasy quarterback last <laughs> Who year. Who else? Did you so? know that? Who else? Did you even know that? I didn't know that. Number one in fantasy scoring last year. In most scoring formats. There's That's a lot of weird stuff crazy. going on. But he's also been top six three of the last four years. That's crazy. Consistency. The dude can play and he hasn't had any protection. He's going to be playing from behind a lot this year too, which could benefit you or hurt you. So if Russell Wilson slides to you, I mean, I don't recommend necessarily taking a quarterback pretty high, even though I took Tom Brady in the second round last year. But if Russell Wilson slides to you, you got somebody who's been top six three of the last four years in quarterback scoring in fantasy. So think about it. Now, wide receivers, one on the Cardinals, one on the Seahawks, Larry Fitzgerald and Doug Baldwin, both of them are guys who could get you a thousand yards, six, seven, eight touchdowns. Perfect wide receiver two contenders. You know, I would take either one of them because they have proven over time, even with bad quarterback play, not necessarily Doug Baldwin. He's had three years in a row with Russell Wilson where he's put up about a thousand yards, seven to what, like 13 touchdowns. But the point is, these guys have proven over time that they can put up fantasy numbers that are consistent. So those are two wide receivers who are wide receiver twos who you know are capable of doing it. Sure. So why not? It's fair. It's logical. It's logical, but in the grand scheme of things, the fantasy, NFL fantasy, is not guaranteed ever. 
So you can sit there and listen to however much you want to. But, I mean, even if you know a lot, you're still not guaranteed to win. So take a chance on something. Point being, you take David Johnson last year number one overall, like someone did in our league, and he, what, dislocates his wrist in week one? Or you take a chance on Ezekiel Elliott, which could have been very, very awesome, and it didn't pan out. Or you can take Andrew Luck in the sixth round, like I did, and it doesn't pan out. You know, you have to you have to take those chances. Josh Gordon, another great. I mean, I had Josh Gordon and Zeke last year. Yeah, and he, but it panned out for you for for majority of the time. I mean, he was fighting the fighting the whole thing, and he was getting good points. And me yelling free Zeke though, it it didn't work. He, <laughs> he was suspended for six weeks. Exactly. So you never know. I mean, you, but you could have taken that chance, and he could have been completely freed of all charges and it could have worked out tremendously you would have won the league easily if Zeke would have been around 100% so I mean fantasies I mean it's all fun and games until your best player gets injured and you got to try and scrounge for shit but you can make it work um it's a lot of luck that's why it's still considered gambling even though people want to say it's a skill and there's a skill to it to a certain degree but I mean we had someone in our league last year not not this previous year, but two years ago, who literally scored the least amount of points in the league and still won. So, I mean, it is what it is. You can't really, you can't guarantee anything. You'll have leagues where guys have amazing teams and everything just pans out and just they run away with it the whole year. But if you have a competitive league where people, I mean, we have guys that auto-draft a lot or just take the best available player and it works out because it's a competitive league that way. Who's the safest pick in fantasy in the NFC West? In the NFC, David Johnson. Not Russell Wilson, top six quarterback? David Johnson. Consistently? Or the Rams defense, then Russell Wilson. I like <coughs> I like <coughs> Oh, Chloe. Hello. I guess that sounds our ending to our podcast. So next week we're going to talk about the NFC South. We'll stick in the NFC before we move on to the AFC, but... To finish off here, who do you have winning the NFC West this season? The Rams. On paper, the Los Angeles Rams are easily the most talented Second team Second Cardinals. Last season. I'm going to say this. If Josh Rosen starts within the first five games of the season, the Arizona Cardinals win the division. If not, the Rams win the division. Damn. Why not? Powerful statement from Josh there. So you gotta have your Josh bold prediction. We'll do that every. We'll do that every conference. I'm gonna every stick division, to the Rams conference, though. Every division. My bad. I'm gonna stick to the Rams though. I honestly thought paper. the Bears were in this, so maybe the Bears win this division. I don't know. Why would the Bears be in the West? They're in Chicago. I don't know. Get your geographical knowledge down. Why there. would the Steelers the f- be in the AFC North, not the AFC East? Well, they're still in the North. I mean, but I'm just saying. Fair enough. They should be in the East, right? But if you... Are they farther East than Buffalo? I mean, the Eagles The be. Eagles are in the NFC East. I don't think... The Eagles are in the AFC, a, NFC East and the Steelers are in the AFC North. That doesn't make much sense. Cowboys are in the NFC East. That doesn't make yes, sense. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So what? see, it doesn't matter. Well, Logic defiance. I'm going Rams. You're going Rams. But if... If Josh you're going Rosen Rams, starts, if you're going Rams, I'll go Cardinals. All right, that's fair. Why not make it fun? 
I love it. Tune in next week to the Josh and Jaren Show for your preview of the NFC South. NFC South. Who's in that? Is it the Bears in that? No. Oh. <laughs> Bears in the NFC North, bro. The <laughs> NFC South, you got the Panthers, the Saints, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right? You need that W? And the, and the Atlanta Falcons. So I'm going to eat that W. You need that W. Jameis Winston. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Don't steal any crab legs, people. I know I know, it's going to be upsetting not hear us for another week, but please do not steal crab legs. Don't hit any Uber drivers emotions. either, please, because you'll get suspended. Don't do that. See you later. We love you. Bye.